I'm Shannon Theobald. You're listening to Big Food, Big Future, the podcast about changing our food system at scale. I am so glad you're here today, and I really hope you enjoy. I'm here with Elizabeth Alfano. Elizabeth, I am so grateful that you are here today, that we get to chat, and would you like to tell everybody a bit about yourself? Sure. Hi there, Shannon. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I am the founder of Plant Powered Consulting, and what happens is that most people think of me as a journalist, which I am, because I also host the Plant-Based Business Hour. Mm -hmm. So my clients usually come to me and they say, hey, I see that you do press and media strategy and marketing. You know, can you help us out with our brand? And that's what I love to do is help brands large and small navigate the plant-based landscape. So I say, sure, let's dive in. And then when they get to know me, they realize, oh gosh, there's just a long, I mean like decades long. Um, history of working with businesses and so then they usually just keep me around for general business strategy and working with investors and um, sort of you know advisor role positions even when the press and marketing is done sweet yeah I was I was doing my research on you and I was thinking this woman seems to do everything oh gosh (laughs) yeah It's funny. People say that to me a lot, but I think it's not really that I'm doing everything. It's that the plant-based marketplace is doing everything. That is so true. So I want to be there helping my brands wherever they need it. And so again, often they come to me because they see me on the plant-based business hour, which is on LinkedIn and it's a podcast and it's got a lot of visibility. It's on Veganomist magazine. So they see me for that. But then, you know, when I watch their businesses and we work on their messaging and branding, I see that they also need co-manufacturing help Mm -hmm. and they also need ingredient supplier help. And I know all these people because I've interviewed them all on the Plant-Based Business Hour and I've done so much public speaking at the summits and conferences that we have prior to COVID. You know, they were in person and now they're on Zoom. But I would say COVID is even like double, triple, quadrupled the public speaking situation. So I know all these people anyway so I can help the brand up the entire value chain so you're a connector I like to be just because I I like to see the businesses flourish I Mm -hmm. you know I'm mission driven I want to see change happen and I want to see it happen in my lifetime so you know I don't have time to waste people let's get the party started (laughs) yes I, I really love that about your experience and I'd love to hear more about kind of being multi-passionate I guess you could say because that's something that I personally really identify with it's I like to kind of play in all different areas of the field Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes people will say to me oh you don't want to be a jack of all trades like you want to be very specific so I'd love to hear your take on that thought and how you found success uh, kind of working in all these different areas. Mm -hmm. I know what you're saying, and I think perhaps that rule does apply to a lot of people and their personalities. And certainly I always say that to my brands, you know, Mm -hmm. be focused on your message. Definitely that makes a lot of sense. But from my perspective, the way my brain works is I get creativity by pulling information from different sources 
that don't always play together in the same space. So I liken it to a painter or a sculptor. They're going to be able to do a lot more if they have more than just paintbrushes in their box. If they only have paintbrushes, then they can only paint. But if they're an artist and they'd like to do sculpture or move into multimedia or any of that kind of stuff, you need other tools. You need things that scrape and things that mold and all this kind of stuff. And so, and, and that ends up giving them a much more creative foundation to work with. And so I feel that I like to interview people of all different domains, so not just the CEOs of CPG companies, but also the people in the ingredient supply chain and the co-manufacturing. I mean, I like to understand the entire business model from start to finish. I like to be a big thinker as well as a small, I don't mean small thinker, but I like to see the forest for the trees. So, you know, I like to do that global vision stuff. And then I like to execute a really tight media strategy. So for me, I feel that because my brain works this way, for some people, it's very confusing. But for me, it's better to have more diverse things to pull from. It makes for a much more creative outcome. Yeah. No, I really relate to that. I 100% feel you. So how would you quantify or or qualify your impact then like what you're very impact driven as you said so what is that impact if it's so big picture oh well it, it you know it can be a big picture but it also again people usually come to me because they're like help me with a press campaign mm. and that's going to have a four week time frame where we're going to you know do it together in terms of craft the message execute it get it out there follow up so some things are very executionally driven so let's say the trees and some things are very much like where do we want to be three years from now because one of the beneficial things again this is like having all those tools in your toolbox one of the be- beneficial things of being someone who has their ear to the ground and knows the whole ecosystem and is talking to people at all different levels of the ecosystem, I can tell you where it's going two years from now. And that's going to help your brand. So I feel that I can be impactful in the short term and in the long term because I'm playing at all those different levels of the supply chain. 100%. So how did you learn to play at all those different levels? I guess, can you tell me a little bit more about uh, your background and what you got, got you here? Yes, sure. So um, after business school, I worked for the Kellogg Company and I was on Special K and Frosted Mini Wheats. Those were my brands. I worked in marketing, but brand management, but Special K really ran itself like or excuse me, um, Kellogg's really ran itself like a bunch of small businesses under one big business. So we ran Special K like its own business and same with Frosted Mini Wheats. And so by that, I mean, sure, we did the marketing promotions communication, but we were always talking to operations and, you know, our production lines and our packaging. And we were always doing the P&Ls. And I mean, we really ran the whole business. So I, right out of business school, I really got that experience of running all parts of the business so that it's got a really strong bottom line at the end. You know, successful sales, strong marketing, and a strong bottom line. And I've just kept doing that. After I left Kellogg, I started my own business. So again, you know, you don't always have a lot of money in the beginning. You got to do a lot of things yourself. So you're doing the general strategy and building building the structure of the business while you're also doing the marketing and the PR and, and the sales and, you know, and the sweeping the floor. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Yeah, you shoot everything all the time. Um, so it's just in me now you know that's just the way I function and it's the way I move through the world and I'll also say on an individual level that's how I go through my personal life you know I 
I like to do lots of different things. I like to hike. I like to play tennis. I like to, you know, read. I, I'm sort of all over the map in terms of the things I like to do. I like to go to concerts, you know, when we could. I enjoy traveling to really far corners of the earth. You know, this for me just the more exposure I have to things, the more experience I have, the richer my life is. And I just think it's the same in business. Oh, I love that. Thinking about enriching not only your life, but the lives of everyone your business touches. Mm. And thinking it from really, I mean, like values-based is so cliche, but the concept of like what is a rich life, um, it sounds like you really have thought about that and consciously embody it. So that's really inspiring to me personally. I, I love that you say that because I miss traveling so much during COVID. And mm-hmm. I will say that going to different countries and different experiencing different foods, different languages, different customs, different traditions, really far places where I'm often off the grid, you know, Bhutan, things like that, where you're hiking in the mountains and the Himalayas and you're just way off the grid. I really love that kind of stuff. It forces you to be mildly uncomfortable. Not like there's a problem there, but just, you know, you're not speaking the language. You're not quite sure what meal you ordered, what it's going to look like. You know, I know it's vegan. I know that. Like I made that (laughs) really clear no matter what the language is, but the rest of it is just anyone's guess. So, um, you know, and I like that. I like sort of always figuring it out in the moment on my feet. I don't mind that things aren't well established or uncertain or that I live through uncertain times. I'm, I feel like I can be spry on my feet and I like that. Hmm. So that's really interesting that you mentioned uncertain times. Mm. How are you personally using the uncertainty we've been living in for the past year and I mean more than that really but how are you using it to continue to develop personally professionally to grow your business Uh, how is that inspiring you Mm. well I'll tell you how it's inspiring me so when COVID came around I was so annoyed that here we were in this position because animals are kept in unhealthy conditions which has made our lives unhealthy and now we're locking down and we can't do our lives because of this incredible short-sightedness that we should have seen coming because it is not new information scientists have been talking for a long time people were predicting pandemics gosh darn it and we do nothing i was so mad about it because it was doing to my own personal life i thought well you know I can have a role to play here. And the whole world thinks that being vegan or trying plant-based or whatever, being your flexitarian for one day a week, which is fantastic. And thank (laughs) you for doing that. And I so appreciate it. Everybody who tries a meatless Monday, thank you, thank you. They all think that means Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. Well, let me tell you, there's a lot more going on than Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. And in in addition, Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods aren't going to change the world. They're also not going to change the food supply system. We need many companies if we're going to do that. And I thought, well, right, if I'm locked up inside the house, then I can start something called the plant-based business hour. And I can start highlighting all the different brands in addition to Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods that are out there hitting the shelves, changing the food supply system. And in fact, let's talk about a changing food supply system and why that is. So that's why I started the plant-based business hour because COVID landed and I just pivoted immediately, almost like within a day or two. And the plant-based business hour ended up doing so well. That's what, again, really brings me so many 
clients for my plant powered consulting, which, you know, I'm growing leaps and bounds. I'm about to hire my fifth person. And I, I really want to hire my seventh person. I mean, I just, there's so much business right now on all continents. I'm working with large multinationals as well as the small, tiny brands. So it's that plant-based business hour pivot in the moment that has ended up being a bit of a bullhorn, if you will, for my plant-powered consulting. So I I just dove in and, and that ended up working out well for me. But I also think it's the times. I think COVID has been a tailwind for lots of plant-based businesses, not just me. Hey there. First, I just wanted to say I am so happy you're here joining us today. Thank you for being here. And secondly, I wanted to let you know that if this episode is piquing your interest, I would love to talk more with you one-on-one about your individual business and needs. I provide consulting services for key stakeholders in the alternative protein space. And we talk about everything from branding to international expansion to growth strategy. So if this sounds like something you might be interested in, check out shannontheobald.com or email me directly at shannongtheobald at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And okay, I'll let you get back to the episode now. Sweet. Yeah, I feel like one day I just looked up and then plant-based business hour was like the thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's too funny. Yeah. So what would you say, what are the biggest lessons or what stands out to you most from plant-based business hours so far? Gosh, there is so much. Um, I love doing the plant-based business hour. I will say selfishly because it's like a knowledge drop for me every time I do Mm -hmm. it. I mean, I learn so much from these people that I'm interviewing. Um, But I think what strikes me there's two things one is a tactical and one is sort of a philosophical um when we talk about plant-based eating what we really are talking about is a shift of the entire food supply system so if you want plant-based and you want that to scale up you're talking about different co-manufacturing plants those don't currently exist you have to build those we're also talking about different machinery you're talking about different ways of farming you're talking about different ways of supporting farmers because we all believe you know no one gets left behind here so even i think all farmers can shift with the exception shift over to growing plant-based items with the exception of maybe cattle ranchers and then you know there are mm-hmm. programs for them as well to have them potentially shift so you're really looking at a shift of the entire global food supply system and that is so awesome when you think that in our lifetime that shift is going to happen. So, you know, who in their right mind would say, oh, yeah, I'd like to invest in the typewriter. No, we don't use the typewriter anymore. We use the computer. <laughs> We've all graduated to the computer. And why? Did we even think twice about it? No, we moved on to the computer because it was the most beneficial thing for us. It's more efficient. Mm-hmm. It's more time effective. And we didn't say like, oh, well, I guess that means those people who taught me how to use the typewriter in high school, I guess I have to hate them now or I have to diss on my parents because they use the typewriter. None of that baggage. We just moved right over to the computer when we left the typewriter in the dust and I think that that's going to be what we see here of course we have some cultural things food is so you know ingrained into our emotional mindset so it's a little different than the typewriter of course but I think we are ultimately going to leave animal agriculture behind because it doesn't serve us it just simply doesn't work for us maybe in the day one could make the argument that it was you know the height of innovation and it's time and it served us well fair enough 
if you want to have that argument, okay, that's something to discuss, but it doesn't serve us well anymore. It's, it drives up our healthcare costs. It makes us at risk for pandemics. It's inefficient in terms of land, water, time. It requires gobs of antibiotics, which brings us back to safety issues like pandemics, et cetera. So it just doesn't work for us anymore, um, particularly as climate change gives us less arable land than we had before. So less land to give to animals and, and the time you wait for the animals to give you food, et cetera, just, it all makes no sense. So we are living through that transition right now. And I do think, you know, 20 years from now, younger generations will say, gosh, can you believe that they were eating animals? And we, Shannon, will all be able to say, <laughs> I know. And we've had our hand in making that shift. So that to me, that's very exciting. Uh, and then on a more tactical sense, I'll say I'm always so inspired how everyone way up to the CEO is so mission aligned. Sure, sometimes I run into people who are just hopping on because they see the dollar signs. But those people, they, their business is never as good. I mean, I really want to quote Seth Tibbet here, who's the founder of Tofurky. It is the superhero weapon of plant-based, mission-aligned vegans that they're so passionate because they're in it for way more than the money. And that really does come through. And everyone I interview is really passionate. It's just a joy. Yeah, that's a really interesting point because especially back when Beyond Meat first went public, I remember so many people like hopping on the bandwagon. And on the one hand... I thought, okay, this is great. Like, please support, mm. support plant-based. But then on the other hand, are they going to fully support this new global supply chain? And I'm curious how you see investment in the space in particular. Uh, I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, and would love to hear more about the index you created <laughs> and what your motivation was there. Yeah. So I see a lot of outside money coming in, not necessarily mission aligned, but people who see the dollar signs. And I do think that money is desperately needed. So, you know, kind of bring it our way. And money that is going towards plant-based innovation is not going elsewhere. So I do think that that's a really good thing. I did co-create with my founder, co-founder, Sasha Goodman, the um, VegTech, which is VegTech, the Global Vegan Impact and Innovation Index. And what that is, it's an index. And sometimes people confuse, well, is an index a fund or is an index a tracker? So yeah, please tell me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we hope to be both. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably needless to say, you can probably guess that it's not that easy to start a fund. Yeah. So right now we have a tracker. And what that does is there are 21 publicly traded companies that are innovating to take animals out of the supply chain. So the criteria for being one of the the companies in the list is you can't have animal testing, you can't have meat, you can't have dairy, and you can't make animal feed. So you can't be supporting the animal agriculture system. In addition, you have to be actively in innovating to take animals out of the supply chain and for the p betterment of the planet and of course people and of course animals. So we have 21 companies that fit those criteria and we track them such that at the end of every month you can see their performance. They're on a market cap average weight and you can see in a simple number the health of that sector. So is it going up or is it going down? So the reason we wanted to do this tracker, which hopefully will lead to a fund, is because we wanted to show outside investors, so that outside money you're talking about, we wanted to show outside investors 
look, this is a viable option. This is the place where you can put your money. You can see the health and the growth of this sector, not only in the growth of the 21 companies, if it goes that way, because we do have to sort of do triage according to performance. You know, not, not every company is going to perform well and ultimately sure. we want our index to perform well. So we're going to have to do some triage according to performance. But not only are we seeing the health of that index, but we're seeing more companies come into the index. So of course, we all know Oatly's going to IPO, so they're going to get into the index. Mm-hmm. And then I know a couple of Canadian companies are going to IPO, so they're going to get into the index. And then some companies will fall out of the index because they're not performing well. And in time, you're going to see, I mean, we're early and we wanted to put our stake in the ground early because we wanted to set up the structure and we wanted to say like, hey, this is something we're setting up because currently this doesn't exist for people to put their money in a fund where you can you know, support the companies that are um, innovating to take animals out of the supply chain. So we wanted to set it up, but really it's just going to get tighter and tighter as time, time goes on, as we grow with the market and there are more and more IPOs, more and more companies, more and more better performing com- companies. And that's when we'll go towards the fund. So it's, it's a fun time for sure. Yeah, no, I just, I'm so excited that you created this because I think more and more is going to come into this space now that people see what's possible um so what okay two questions what was the process like in developing the index and what would the path be to uh, turning it into a fund yes so um the the path to getting this this far the index is that I wanted to invest in these companies myself and I was so frustrated that they didn't exist that the index didn't exist so I thought okay I'm going to start a running list and then a colleague of mine Sasha he was running his own list and so we compared our lists and then we thought well why don't we just keep doing research because there's more out there globally and we know it so we just kind of decided to put our time into it you know little elbow grease and really do the research to find all of the companies and again they can't have any animal products So it's not just that, oh, you know, Nestle has a plant-based burger. No, no, no. The whole company from start to finish cannot have animal products. So that means weeding out a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. So you have to do that research and put in the time. And then it took a lot of time to come up. We pretty much knew the criteria in our head, but that did shift. At first, we just started with, oh, they can't produce you know, meat, dairy, animal testing, animal feed. And then I was like, no, Sasha, that's not enough. They have to really they have to be actively changing for a better planet. So then we got into, hey, that's really innovation. That's really tech. That's really veg tech. That's cool because, you know, tech is such a hot area of investing. So we really wanted to capitalize on that. And then, you know, just kept growing. The more we dove into the research and spent the time, the more it really grew. And so now we're, you know, we kind of had to run, run, run to get that up and running and out. And if you ever go to vegtechindex.com, you'll see the ticker. It's the only mm. vegan ticker. I mean, I when, when we launched that press release, there was so much information to come out. Everybody was just so happy about an index that, you know, I, I think they all missed like, ooh, it's super fun. It's like going to Disneyland and like being on a ride. <laughs> I mean, you can go to vegtechindex and just watch the ticker go by. It's so fun to see all these like 21 companies running by on your screen. Anyways, we have the first and only vegan ticker. So all-encompassing vegan ticker. So that's fun. Uh, But we do want to take it to the next level. And that means, you know, getting a lot of money behind it. And there's regulatory stuff that'll take forever. We're working our way through this. Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to go watch it after we get off this call. (laughs) It's fun. So what's next then? You're going to be working on this fund. Anything else uh, you're super excited about on the horizon? 
I'm super excited about the kind of companies that are reaching out to me. So yes, a lot of small brands reach out to me and even a lot of bigger plant-based brands, but I'm now getting the multinational brands from Latin America or Europe and they're really seeing the global potential the way that I see it. And because I've always loved traveling, this has been just a yes. joy that my business life can now mimic my personal interest life. So I, I spent three years living in France and maybe like five days ago, a French company reached out to me that I had never heard of before. That's getting no play in the press or anything. They found me and they reached out to me and then we had that meeting in French, Aww. which is so fun. I just felt like, oh, wow, this my business is bringing me personally close to so many interesting, fascinating people. It's really a joy. Wow. I I just, I'm so thankful to hear you say that because I relate to that so, so much. I just am, when I think about what fulfills me most, it's really like um, beauty and culture and connection, mm. it, which is why I love travel so much. And um, obviously I'm super passionate about ending animal agriculture um and so it's just so expansive to see that you are combining those things um so thank you for all you do oh so kind of you to say well i have to say the same shout out i mean thank you for all that you do and for doing this interview and then thank you to all the people out there in whatever capacity they're doing it you know not everybody has to stand on the street corner with a sign mm -hmm. just you know using your dollars to support your values three times a day when you go vote at the grocery store with what you buy you know these are significant impactful things so i i think it's it's a group effort and the reason i say that is because i'm always amazed like this French company has no connection to the Chilean company, Notco, or it just seems that in so many different ways, individuals are coming to the same conclusions yeah. around the globe without the same influencer information. It's just independently they're coming to the same conclusion and they're working together unbeknownst to them often that they're working on the same global shift of this food supply system not even knowing all the other partners out there doing the same thing it's really phenomenal oh yeah well may everyone keep coming to the same realization yes right yes <laughs> totally a hundred percent yes well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. This was so lovely, and I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Okay.